in a series that we are calling Catalyst. Um, if you've been noticing the banners that are out there, the banners are fantastic. And they, uh, I hope you'll just take a second to look at them. What they are is that you see that you're standing right in the middle of a neighborhood right there. And then the catalyst is the movement that is happening from the center. And you can kind of see the waves that are, that are moving out from that. Catalyst. Uh, how can God... Uh, use the church? How can God use us individually? Uh, the definition of catalyst that we looked at last time, and by the way, if you missed last Sunday, go back and listen to it. If you're watching online, you haven't seen last week, go back and watch that. That was such a, a great moment for us uh, celebrating and kind of coming together about what this whole series is about. I don't want you to, to miss a thing that God is going to do for us and in us uh, throughout this series. So uh, today we're in the next part. We call this series uh, catalyst, let's surprise the world. Uh, so that really is our prayer uh, throughout this. Um, definition of a catalyst is a person or a group whose life, talk, enthusiasm, convictions, and energy causes other people to be transformed. Now we realize that we really can't transform anybody, but we can be the vehicle through whom God would use to bring about the transformation of people's lives, their marriages, their families, their situations, uh, because Jesus is the true catalyst. He is the catalyst that's made a difference in our life. Uh, we'll be celebrating a little bit of that today. I love the music that we sang, realizing that he's the transformer. He's the one that, ch that changes everything, and he then becomes our mission. Uh, we looked at 2 Chronicles 16, 9. It says, the eyes of the Lord search the whole earth, the whole earth, in order to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. You know, when I first was moving to Pekin, I never heard of Pekin, but I know that God knows where Pekin is. God knows where Morton is and where Washington is and where Tazewell County is and all this area around us. He knows everything about what's going on in Peoria because he is looking for people that are committed to help make a difference, to carry out his mission in the world around us. I read a quote this week by the name of William Arnett. Arnett said, to every true Christian, there are two things that might be said. One is you have need of Christ, and number two is Christ has need of you. He then says, the simple fact is that a Christian is on earth, not in heaven, and that's proof that there is something for him to do here. That's pretty good. Uh, you're not in heaven yet. Uh, you know, we've talked a lot about what heaven might be and what we'll be doing in heaven, but you're not there yet. And so there must be some reason, some mission that he has uh, for each one of us. Jesus told his disciples, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. The ends of the earth sounds good even Judea and Samaria, but you notice he says Jerusalem first because that was where they lived. That's where they were. That was their hometown. That was where they were living there. You know, the, uh, the area around us is a huge mission field. Uh, when, you know, if you've been around the church a long time, you know that, um, you know, we used to talk a lot about sending missionaries and we still send missionaries to Africa and other places in the world. But one of the biggest mission fields in the world is right here. There's so many people that, that don't know Christ that have uh, turned away from God. Uh, you know, the, the 195 million people that really uh, won't be in church today. Uh, so we're not just sending, 
We are recognizing that we are engaging in the mission uh, right here. Uh, Peter Drucker is like a business consultant, and he said of businesses that I think relates to us today, he asked the question, what business are we in and how's business? What business are we in and how's business? Many of you, maybe when I, when I was a kid, you might remember when you were younger, there was this television program, and the way it would begin each show is that it would say, your mission, if you choose to accept it, it was a famous tagline from Mission Impossible. Uh, there was this man, he was, a, he was an agent, and somehow they would send him this super secret tape player with a secret message, and he would listen to the message that would follow that line, this mission if you choose to accept it. Then the tape would self-destruct, and no one else would ever know this super secret mission that he was on. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You remember that? All right. Uh, interestingly, there was never an episode, I noticed, where he said, well, I'm not really quite feeling like it. I think I'll go have a cheeseburger. No, the point was that if you're an agent, if that's part of what you do, then you accept the mission. You accept it. You, I mean, he could have worked a different job. I mean, he could have worked at the post office or he could have been a, at the DMV, but he didn't do it. He was an agent. And an agent means that he accepted the mission that was given. Well, Jesus has given us mission. He, is, he came to seek and to save the lost. And he encourages us that, that would be our mission as well. So we're going to talk about mission statement today and uh, why that would be important and what that's about. Now, I just want to ask you a question, first of all. Um, you know, there's different ways to think about mission. Um, so I ask you the question here on the outline. Does life situation, does my life situation and how I view things, thinking about how I view my job, how I view uh, appearances, how I look, uh, money, how I view others, how I think about my family, all the ways I think about them. Does the situations that I find myself in in my life control your mission? You understand what I'm saying is that it's easy for the stuff that's happening to you to control how you live your life. Uh, that way your mission kind of shifts, right? That if if I'm doing well, if I have time, if I have money, then maybe I'm doing these things. But if things aren't going well and I don't feel good, and I don't, then maybe my mission changes. The other way to look at it is, does mission lead our life situation and how I view life? Nobody got real excited yet, but you should be very excited. Just think about the difference in that that instead of just waiting for life to come to me and then decide what good I'm going to do, how I'm going to live my life, the kind of person that I'm going to be, I get to decide ahead of time, this is who I am. This is what I stand for. This is the mission that I've been giving. And therefore, everything else flows out of that mission that I've been giving. That's pretty exciting. I wanted you to make sure you were thinking about that as we think about mission. Because what we put on the wall, what you're holding in that little bookmark you have, is really our desire, our attempt to try to think about not only what is the mission of the church, 
But there, who's the church? Anybody know? It's us, right? You know, we say the mission statement of the church, we're talking about what we have chosen to embrace together. Uh, have we said, yep, that's what God is doing. This is what we want to do. You know, this, this mission statement, you'll, you'll notice pretty quickly as we move along, it's just simply what Jesus told us to do. Like, we didn't really have to have a banner. We could have just looked in the Bible, and there it is right there. But we thought I might help you to memorize it or whatever. So we're going to talk about it. So um, we're going we're gonna to read this together. Let's read the whole thing. I'll just walk along and kind of point to it. Uh, this just says, ready? PFN, church for everyone. Two, follow Jesus, love God, love others, learn and grow, serve, give, and go. All right, that's what we're talking about. So these components, there are really seven components uh, here. The first one is, it says uh, PFN, right? PFN, and then we put the little, the little people underneath it over there. Uh, PFN is, uh, is us, right? This is us. We are Pekin First Church of the Nazarene. Do you, do you know who we are? We are uh, the people of God that is planted right here in this spot in Tazewell County. Uh, that we can be the church that God can use to spread his gospel to carry out his mission in the world. Did you know that we are, uh, just in a few days, we'll be 91. 91. That's pretty good. We're, uh, our church is 91 years old, almost. Um, honestly, uh, I've been going to church my whole life. I've uh, pastored in all kinds of different places. I've been in a, with a lot of different pastors in a lot of different settings. This is one of the best churches I've ever been a part of. This place, this place is stable. And it has been like decades of, of stability. That doesn't mean that the church has always been like great and up and had never had any difficult. Sure, there have been valleys and difficulties, but the, this church has had uh, such great lay leadership across the years. Uh, this church has had 19 pastors, um, but only had three since like 1992. That's pretty good. That's like 26 years uh, because this is my 13th year. That's pretty exciting. So I like that. Uh, what, what, what all that tells you is that there's a lot of heritage and there's a lot of legacy uh, going on in this place. Uh, but the, the question is, uh, how do you be relevant at 91? How, how do you stay relevant and growing and active? Don't you want to be part of a church that's making a difference in the community and the society around us? Absolutely. We're not just sitting in here. You know, I told you last time, we're like sending you out. Get out of here. I say that sometimes to you. Just like get out of here. Go do something with what you've been given. Don't just come in here and say, oh, I feel better. Church was good. Yeah, church is good, but church is like a kick in the pants. Get with it. <laughs> right? 
Now, I, get, I come in here and I'm excited because I know that we're going to be able to make a difference this week in what is happening around us because of what God is doing in us. But that's us. Um, so thank you. Thank you for loving the church. Thank you for working in the church. Thank you for joining the church. Thank you for showing up at church. Thank you for giving so that we can make a difference in what's happening in around, around us uh, through the ministries and the outreach and all the things that we seek to be and do here. We are P-F-N. We are Pekin First Church of the Nazarene and trying to make a difference in what is happening in the world where God has planted us right here. That's component number one. We are P-F-N. Number two. Uh, secondly, we are church for what? Everyone. We are church for everyone. Now, what, what we mean by that, at least what I intended when we started talking about this, is that our church, we have a desired atmosphere. A desired atmosphere. Um, okay, let me tell you what church for everyone does not mean. Church for everyone does not mean that we never have courageous conversations about your behavior. Yeah, you can't just, you know, you just can't do anything you want to do. Once in a while, somebody will say, well, I thought we were church for everyone. Well, we are, but quit acting so crazy. <laughs> quit hurting other people that, are, that you're causing them a problem. Change your ways. Begin to act like Christ. You all right? Yeah, we are church for everyone, but that doesn't mean that we just do anything we want to do. We are church for everyone because we have a desired atmosphere here. We need to be a place where people can belong. You know, if, if, you, if you don't particularly like somebody or whatever, just walk somewhere different, but don't make them feel like they can't come to church here, right? Anybody can come to church here. One of my favorite things about our church is, um, well, first of all, God's, God's the example of that, right? John three sixteen, for God so loved the world. You know, say it. Let's say the whole thing. Ready? For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that who, what was that word? Whoever. That sounds like church for everyone, right? That sounds like the universe for everyone. Uh, pick it up right there. That whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. So he's given you an example. He wants us to recognize that he cares about everybody. Uh, I love that. So God is our example. He's reminding us of what he wants us to be. Uh, you know, a second example is, um, is me. You know, I want, I want everybody here to be welcome. I want every, you know, I, uh, I did this morning what I've been doing for in the 13th year, right? Uh, tried to tell you, you know, the only reason I don't get to you before this service is because you come at the last minute. <laughs> now, if that's, if that's you, I'm not, I'm, I started to say I wasn't calling you out. I guess I just did. But, um, so, but uh, I love I love talking to people. You know, uh, somebody said to me yesterday, you know, uh, or I think it was this morning, that I don't, you know, slip in this door right over here because I want you to know that this is the kind of atmosphere that we ought to have here, that I'm encouraging you. You know what I tell people in the membership class this afternoon? Help me do this. 
You see what I'm doing? You see me walking around? I mean, get yourself up five minutes earlier and get here so that you can touch some people and create, help me create the right kind of environment that we ought to have here, right? Yeah, just nod your head. That'd be good. Yeah. Okay. All right. So trying to be an example of that because we have, we have people in all kind of life situations here. We have all kind of circumstances. You know, some, you know, some of our special needs kids, aren't you glad those, those people feel like they can come here? They are so welcome here, and our kids on, and youth group love them so much, and then we just embrace people of all situations. So whoever you are, whatever's going on in your life, you are so welcome in this place. We want you to know this is a church that can be for anybody that wants to be here. Uh, yesterday, this is my third example. Uh, yesterday, we did what we call the single ladies oil change. I think they got some photos here. We might have a few pictures we can see. Um, yeah, they're going to show up there. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe not. Well, I'll just talk about it. Maybe they'll show up there. Um, we did, yeah. Let's see some photos. Yeah, there, you can see all the cards. We had them all in the back. Back there, they're doing a, a vacuuming and cleaning and all that. And some of the group that was here. No, you can go ahead and roll them. It's fine. Some of our volunteers, Angela and Jim and Missy, sitting there. Uh, now, see, this is the work right here. See them underneath the car? I think there's one more. Yeah. So, so, we, uh, so we, had, uh, we had tons of ladies here. When we, had, we were just so packed out uh, trying to, to talk to them, encourage them, let them know that, uh, you, know, you know, what happens is, you know, people on Facebook see what's happening and come here uh, because they, uh, they just really have a need. Uh, one lady said, I'm so happy about this. You know, it's... $37 to get it done at the mechanic, and uh, I appreciate you doing this because wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to have it done. Um, some, of the, some of those that were working with our ladies yesterday said, you know, they, there are so many hurting people here, and so, so many that are hurting economically and just struggling so bad, and, and you, could just, you could just feel it uh, from them. You know, aren't, we, aren't you glad we're a church for everyone? Uh, I, I know it's like 46, but you know how important transportation is to people that are that are that might be really struggling. Just think how important it is to you. Just that little helping them take care of their vehicle, man, it's so important, isn't it? I mean, you guys that were crawling underneath those cars and all that, there, I just appreciate it so much. What just a simple thing that we could do to say, let let's help out, let's do that. Uh, you know, so we could, you know, we could spend a little bit of dollars just in benevolence to help them. Why? Because we are PFN. We are church for everyone. I hope that you would just feel breath in your lungs and your shoulders back knowing this is who we are. Because yesterday, crawling under one of them vehicles, that is mission. Mission, Right? Two components, PFN, church for everyone. The next component is the word to, the word to. Um, what that means is that we feel like there needs to be some kind of pathway. 
There's a, there's a journey. There's a process that we long to happen. We are not just church for everyone. Let's just sing some songs and everything good. And then we'll go. No, no, no. We have a plan. We have a desire. We have some goals. That's what mission is, is that we have things that we feel like God wants us to facilitate and to help uh, to, to be accomplished. So what has God called us to be? What has God called us to do? Who are we called uh, to be? So there are some things. So the word to there is our reminder that we are headed somewhere. So it's not just enough to cut it off and say church for everyone. Church for everyone to follow Jesus, love God, love others, learn and grow, serve, go, and give and go. Um, so recognizing what he's called us to do. That is our desired outcomes. So we have a desired atmosphere and we have a desired outcomes uh, that we desire to happen. Otherwise, if we really don't have all those things, what are we doing? What how's business? What is your business? And how's business going? That's the two. That's exactly what's happening there, reminding us of uh, what, what God has called us to do and to be, um, to, to encourage. So uh, reminding us of you know, who we are and what we're about. You know, those, I'll go back to the oil change just for a minute. You know, some people might wonder, what would make people do that for a bunch of strangers, right? That's an awesome question because we want the world to realize that there is something different about this place. There's something different about his church and believers uh, all around the world, that wherever we are, we go in there to make a difference. Uh, so if you think I'm encouraging you to be a part of a church like that, yes, I am. If you think that I'm asking you to be different because of what has happened to you in a church like this, yes, I am. Be different out there because the church doesn't stay in here when you walk out. The church goes and is everywhere that you are, wherever you're carrying out this mission. PFN, church for everyone, two. Now, here, here are the components, uh, the components of the, of the outcomes that we hope to happen. Number one, first one is follow Jesus. Follow Jesus. Um, really, it's the core of everything, isn't it? I mean, Jesus is it. Jesus is the answer. You know, I, even in the prayer, I said, you know, we don't, we don't come to church here because of the name on the sign. I mean, listen, I love the church of the Nazarene. I'm Nazarene, true blue all the way through. I mean, I am, I, you know, I am Mr. Nazarene, no doubt about it. But that is not what brings me salvation. And that is not just my mission. My mission is Jesus. Jesus is it. He is the one that has transformed everything. He is, you know, Church of the Nazarene, some kind of labels, whatever labels you have, you know, those things are like vehicles. They sort of just get us there. You know, you got you know, whatever you drive, you know, you drive a Buick or you drive a Chevrolet or you drive whatever, you know, that it's, it kind of gets you from place to place. Church of the Nazarene is a vehicle that helps us do our mission, helps us come together because Jesus is the answer. You know, I, I think recognizing that our number one desire for you is that you follow Jesus. Number one desire is that not only that you know him, not only you experience him in a worship experience, not only that you give your life to him, but that you follow Jesus. 
that you live for him, that you follow him. Now let's think about that just a second. What would, what would following Jesus really mean? What does it mean to make, you know, really following Jesus is to say that Jesus is the center of my life, that everything else flows out from him. Uh, you know, the Bible says uh, Jesus is before all things and in him all things hold together. I always think that must mean that if it weren't for Jesus and the, the presence of Jesus in the world, the whole place would fall apart. It almost feels like it almost is anyway, doesn't it? He's keeping it together and the impact of sin and what people are doing in the world cannot kill that. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. Timothy says, Jesus is the controller of all things, that he is faithful. He is faithful and he will strengthen you and guard you from the evil one. He created you. He controls everything. He's faithful. Why wouldn't you want Jesus to be the center and the controller of your life? It's so clear that Jesus can do a better job of running your and my life than I can if I let him lead every day. Amen? So what does it mean to follow Jesus? Follow Jesus begins with repentance. Repentance, following him, believing the gospel. The good news is that Jesus loves us and has taken the initiative to reconcile us to himself by giving Christ on the cross, atoning for our sins, and waking us up spiritually so that Christ would live in us, uh, reminding us of all that he has come to accomplish and to do. You know, the whole point is that we give our lives to him, we live in obedience to him, we learn his teaching, we follow his ways, we look at his example, and we follow him and put our full uh, trust in him. It is so crucial that not only do we profess, but we give our lives to Jesus. Here's some words, some words of scripture. And Jesus said to them, follow me. You know, those are some of his earliest words to those that were around him. Follow me. Uh, Luke 9, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily and what? Follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. So that I'm, I'm giving up my own agenda and I'm accepting his agenda. I'm following Christ. Hebrews 12, 2 says, let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. Jesus says, I am the way and the truth and the life. Our number one mission is to follow Jesus. Our number one calling to encourage others is to follow Jesus. Now, each of these points, I gave you the word, but I also want to give you some expression of that. What, is that, what would that mean in practical ways for us? Well, one of the things that happens here, probably the, the number one factor that we have going on here is that we are trying to learn about Christ. I mean, if you, go to, if you have kids in early childhood or somewhere in our kids' own area, they are learning about Jesus. You know, we are, we are not teaching them how, uh, how to do dishes at your house. We're not teaching them how to do math better. You know, somebody else has a, has a mission for that, but that's not our mission. Our mission is to teach them about Jesus Christ. 
Our mission is to help you as an adult to learn about Jesus Christ. We don't read from magazines or articles. We teach the Bible because the Bible helps us learn who Jesus Christ is. Um, we worship about Jesus. You know, this morning I heard you singing. I will follow him. I heard all that. That I will follow Jesus. Uh, you know, that was, that was strong. I got quiet so I could just hear you. I heard all of you just singing that out. Going to follow Jesus. We worship in, as an expression of learning, not only what it means to praise him, but who he is and what he's about. So that's, uh, that's, that's all of our music and our worship. Um, we, want, we, we sense a place of belonging. You know, we are here because... We are seeking Jesus together. Um, most of us would not show up in the same place at the same time if it weren't for Jesus, right? I mean, without him as the connector, none of us really would probably even be connected. I mean, you might see somebody at Walmart, but you wouldn't speak to them because you wouldn't know them. But he made the difference. He brought us together. And so now we're a family that has a desired atmosphere and desired outcomes that we would follow Jesus. You know, we pray that you would experience what it means to be converted. Converted simply means that you were going that way and you changed your mind and started walking toward him and walking with him and thinking about him. And now your marriage is all wrapped up in Jesus. And now your work, all that you do, everything because I'm changed, I'm transformed. Uh, we, we, we ask for conversion. You know, um, every Sunday, uh, I'm always asking you to do stuff. I'm going to ask you to do something today before we walk out of here. You know, uh, one thing I ask you to do that if you haven't given your life fully to Christ, if you haven't made him the leader and controller of your life, do that today. That's really what this whole thing is about, is giving your life to him. Follow Jesus. Um, then uh, we encourage you to be baptized. That's a part of following Jesus. We're going to have baptism next Sunday night. If you've never been baptized and you're a follower of Jesus Christ, I really encourage you, be baptized. Stand up. Invite your family and friends. Invite people to come here so you could say out loud that you're following exactly what Jesus did. Jesus was baptized, and he said, I want you to be baptized because you've been converted and you're saying out loud, I'm following Jesus. I'm not following this way of the world anymore. I'm following Christ. Uh, sanctification. We encourage people not only to give their sins to God, to be forgiven of their sins, but also to live their whole life for him. Sanctification is really that issue of giving my whole life and control over to Jesus Christ. Uh, membership. Uh, I think you should join the church. I mean, you should join the church and be a part. Just don't be hanging out there saying, yeah, I don't know. When. You know, decide and get in. Come on. Uh, I have membership class this afternoon. I got like 14 people that are coming to be a part of the membership class. If you want to come, come on. Uh, Three o'clock this afternoon down in the conference center. We'll have, have class together. We want, it's one of our things about helping us. What's the expression of following Jesus is being a part of the church family. Uh, we offer other kind of classes like uh, we have encounter weekends, uh, foundations class, an overview of scripture, all kinds of ways that we are trying to help you figure out how do we live out uh, what it means to follow Jesus. On the back of this card every week, you know, this thing changes every single week. You know why that is? We're trying to help you find ways to follow Jesus, to be involved in walking with him in your life. Okay. Um, what's, what's our, what's the first component of there after the two read it out loud. 
Follow Jesus, right, following Jesus. So recognize that's our step number one. Number two, number two is that not only do we encourage people to follow Jesus, but our mission is to help people love God and love others. Love God and love others. If, if, if you notice really quickly, that is what Jesus said are the two greatest commandments. The two greatest commandments, he says, is love the Lord your God with, you know, say this, all your heart and all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. That sounds like everything you got, right? That's it, everything, heart, soul, mind, and strength. He is recognizing that he's calling us to love God and to love others. Now you could say, well, why is that not all wrapped up in following Jesus? Well, I don't know. I just know that Jesus said, love God and love others. Follow me, love God, and love others. You know what I think the difference is? The difference is this love part. The love here is that there is affection going on. Do you feel like you have affection for God? You have this passion in your heart for God. Love God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength. Uh, one of the things that, our, that is our, our mission is not only coming to know Christ, but recognizing that we are called to love God. To See, what we're about is not helping people get more religious. You know, once in a while, it's usually somebody that hadn't been in church for a long time, and they'll say something like, well, pastor, it's good to have religion as a part of my life again. And I always go, ah. I know what they mean. I think that's, a, that's okay to say that. But realizing that what's really happening is God wants relationship with you. He wants this affection to be happening, that you have affection for him because he really has affection for you. He loves you. And he wants you to have that affection for him. So loving God with everything that we have, that's, what, that's part of our mission. How do we help people experience that? To know that God wants to have a relationship with them. And he not only wants you to love God, but he wants you to love your neighbor. <laughs> Did you hear that? So that guy or girl sitting next to you, gotta love them. <laughs> Those people that live next door to you, gotta love them. God wants you, listen now, to have affection for them. That you would have passion for them. That you would care about them. And our number one mission is that they would follow Jesus, right? So, you know, you got to... You know, we've got to reach out to our neighbors. We've got to reach out to the people. Right? We've got to figure out a way to be connected to them. Now, listen, the number one thing that you need to do, to do is not tell them how lost they are. You know, you've got you, you to gotta build a relationship, right? Come on now. Don't, don't be going crazy because you, before somebody, they've got to they gotta see your love before they even know what you're talking about. They got to know that you care about them. So you got to spend quite a bit of time. And I'm not talking about five minutes. I'm talking about multiple effort, right? That you're going to put the effort in here because part of our mission is that we not only love God. See, follow Jesus and love God. That sounds real spiritual. Love others sounds kind of dirty and messy, right? Right from the start. So our, our mission is to recognize he's called us to have this affection, this desire to not only love God, but to love others around us, to love our neighbors. Um, you know, um, who's around you? 
who's God brought into your life? Who are the people that God wants you to be able to express uh, to them around it? You know, that's, uh, that's what we're doing. Tonight's a neighbor night. Now, maybe if you weren't here last week, it might be the first time you're hearing about this, or maybe you're thinking about it. What we're encouraging you to do is to think about uh, your neighbors. See this little card right here? Like I told you, this is not bingo or tic-tac-toe. Um, the center space in the middle is your house. And it's all these, these houses that are around you right here. So we're asking you to think about who lives in my neighborhood. Now, like tonight, okay, here's what, I'm gonna, here's what we're doing. You know, Kim, um, you know, we want to have a party. So we, went to a we did a block party on the 9th, the Marigold Day. That was really good. That was fun. I shook hands. Some people I didn't know, new people that moved in the neighborhood. But I realized I don't know all these people very well. Even, even my little group around me right here, I had to say, okay, do you know their name? She knows their name because they walk the dog, you know, and so all that. I don't really walk the dog. So, um, so, um, so we know some, so we kind of got together, got it figured out. And so we decided before we could have a party for these people around us that maybe we should know them a little bit better. So, um, so she, made these little, she made these little things, you know. There's this little bowl, and it's got these apples. You know how I love apples. These apples, got these apples there. It's got this little scarecrow-looking thing, and it's got an invitation to our party. So this afternoon, what we're doing is we're going to our little houses around here and knock on the door, and some of them we know. Some of them we're going to say, you know what? We haven't been a very good neighbor. Uh, we haven't worked very hard, and we're, we're trying to fix that, and we would love to invite you to our house uh, if you'd like to come on October 21, which just happens to be neighbor night number two, right? right? See that on the back of this right here? I'm helping you, right? All right, so uh, maybe tonight... Uh, we encourage you maybe to invite somebody you, that you know in your neighborhood, maybe invite them over. We gave away gift cards and games at family service so that some of you could do that. You know what some of you might need to do is what we ended up having to do. Maybe you take the hour or so tonight and sit down together and see who do we know? What do we need to do? Maybe get in your car and drive around your neighborhood and see, do we even know these people that are here? And who could we begin to reach out to? How do we need to figure out who even lives in this neighborhood around us? You know, that'd be a pretty good neighbor night. No, that's not exactly what we had in mind. But if you took an hour or two to think about that this afternoon, that would be a pretty valuable thing. Uh, do something to think about your neighbors because our mission is love God, love God others. All right. Uh, number, number three, the third component, which is six of these, of these seven, is learn and grow. Learn and grow. Uh, learn and grow. This is, um, this is how the mission grows in us. Um, the word says, uh, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, Jesus, uh, in Matthew eleven twenty nine. 29, whatever you have learned or received or heard from me, Paul says, or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. I love this one. Ephesians 4 says, so Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service. You know what that means? That means you're not quite arrived, but what we're doing is trying to learn how can God use us? How can God raise up our talents? So we learn together and grow. Uh, I love learning in church. That's why I do this right here, right? 
This little, this little piece right here doesn't allow you, hopefully, just to sit there, but maybe you write something down. Maybe you take it home with you because what are we doing? We're trying to learn together. When this is not just inspiration. It's like we're gonna, we have classes. We have Sunday school. We have Bible studies. We have elective classes. We have men's groups. We have women's groups. We have man church. We have all these. What are we doing? We're not just trying to find you something to do. Learning and growing becomes a part of that. And see, that's the decision you got to make. You know, once in a while I'll meet somebody and they'll say, well, I don't think they've, you know, they go, they come to church and then they go out and I, and I'm happy you're here, but you see that there's more than just following Jesus and worshiping, loving God and loving our neighbors, also learning and growing. Uh, that's one of our desires. You know, one of the things we do here is like, um, we do remix. Remix is Cheryl's class. And so uh, what they do is they go in and they, uh, they, they don't not talk about the preacher. They talk about the sermon. I think, I think that's right. So, uh, no, it's fantastic because they have an opportunity to talk about all that. One of the things I said to her is, wouldn't it be amazing if we had groups all over the county that were doing remix? If at some time we were able to say, you know, if we, if we provided a resource for you so that you could hear the sermon, be a part of the sermon, watch the sermon online, and then maybe gather with a group of friends, maybe at your work, to talk about what we're talking about at church. Uh, you know, in, in 2019, we're going to be studying together the entire book of John. Wouldn't it be awesome to have conversations about John all over the area as you begin, I'm just putting a little seed out there. Maybe God wants you to be able to do something like that. Uh, to, and thinking about how can we do more than just what we can accomplish inside this building, inside these walls? Uh, how could God work in that? Because part of our mission is intentional discipleship through Kids Zone, through Refuge, through classes, home groups, intentional discipleship where we learn and grow. Last one. The last one, number seven, is serve, give, and go. Whoever serves me must follow me, and where I am, my servant will also be. My father will honor the one who serves me. Paul says in Romans 12, never be lacking in zeal, but, your, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Serve, give, and go. Uh, he wants us to be servants of his uh, that are following him and listening to his voice and accomplishing what he desires uh, in us and through us. So I'm hoping that you would think about how important it is to serve. You know, if anything ought to drive you crazy in this church, it's how often you get asked to do stuff. And get used to it because it's, it's our way. You know, that's why the back of that card is always there, always thinking about what do we need to accomplish? Because I don't really, I really, I'm, I'm glad you're here. And if you come and you just listen to me and you go your way, that's fine. But I'm working on hoping that you would get involved. I know, I know there's one lady here and I'm going to call her out right this minute, but I know she was, um, you know, she was coming and she was enjoying it and she's getting the hug every week and all that was good. And then she showed up and she was cooking some food at man church. And all of a sudden she made friends. <laughs> she made some friends with these people. She liked all these girls that she was having a chance to do. So she's, she's cooking food from man church and then she met uh some other people in the church and they began to talk to her and now she's working in kid zone and she's uh, I, it's just and she's amazing uh you know mark is sitting right here you know five years ago no chance right no chance i mean what we're doing now 
It just reminded me that there is no telling what God would do in your life through our church if you got involved in the mission and recognized what he wanted to do. I mean, you don't have to be able to sing or just whatever it is that you can do. Be involved in the mission. Be a part of what God can use you to do to accomplish. What would happen in our church? Think about it. What would happen in our church if many more of us became just like that, began to find our way? I'm not asking you to give up your whole life and move here. I'm just asking you to use your talents to find a way to get to know some people, to get connected, to volunteer, to volunteer in our community. You know, out on that wall out there, you notice all those places? You know, like I said, those are just places that are trying to do good things in the community. How can we go out and serve and be a part of what they're doing? Do you notice this mission statement basically is wrapped around what Jesus said? Follow me, love the Lord your God with all your heart, love others, and he said, therefore, Go and make disciples of all nations. That includes Tazewell County. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son, the Holy Spirit. Teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I will be with you always to the very end of the age. See, mission is what changes everything. Mission changes us and reminds us that God is, has a plan and a purpose in seeking us. See, the power of the gospel is the presence of Jesus, the work of Jesus in us. Your life, your life message, your mission will illuminate Jesus to others in your life. Your life will represent a Jesus who is not judgmental, but a relationship with him that is freeing and forgiving and offering us a life that is in him. Our our life, our mission shows others a Jesus who is not distant, but is actively, passionately involved in our life. Uh, our message uh, reminding others of what Jesus Christ has done for all of us. When we have uh, encounter, and I'm getting done here, right? When we have encounter, it's like a weekend. And at the end of that, uh, I ask people if they would uh, step across the line. You know, we put a piece of tape down and we stand on one side and then we, I present to them uh, the thing that we we're talking about in that moment and I ask him, will they get involved in doing that? Well, what I want to ask you today is, will, will you accept the mission? Will you accept the mission? You know, this is our mission. Follow Jesus, love God and others, learn and grow, serve, give and go. Now, I didn't ask you to go over there and clip one little part out. Would you, would you accept the mission? Would you accept, accept the mission of what he wants to accomplish? Not only in our church, I need you. I need you to fulfill the mission here with me. But God needs you in what you need to be doing out there in the world. The people that he wants you to accomplish. So uh, I want you to memorize the mission. I'm not going to preach on this mission statement every week, but it's going to be up there. You got that bookmark, right? Got that little bookmark, put it somewhere. Memorize the mission. We want you to be thinking about the mission. But this morning, I'd like you just to say yes. This little song says, I'll say yes, Lord, yes, to your will and your way. That's mission. I'll say, yes, Lord, yes, I will trust and obey. When your spirit speaks to me, with my whole heart, I'll agree. And my answer will be, yes, 
Lord, yes. So uh, we're going to sing this. We're just going to sing it one time. Here's what I want you to do. When you start singing this, you know all the words. You know what I just said. Uh, if you would say yes to the mission when you're singing this song, I just want you to stand up. Now, listen, don't stand up if you don't mean it. I'm not trying to embarrass you or anything like that. I just want you and God, between you and him and who we, who we are, to represent, to take a moment of action and to say, Pastor, I'm, I'm with you. God, I'm with you. I know this is who we're supposed to be. This is what God wants us to do. And I am going to consider how God wants me to live out the mission, the mission of Jesus and the mission of PFN. Ready? I'll say yes, Lord, yes, to your will and to your way. I'll say yes, Lord, yes, I will trust you and obey. When your spirit speaks to me, with my whole heart I'll agree. And my answer will be yes. Lord, yeah. Heavenly Father, we respond to you today. We thank you for the mission of Pekin First Nazarene. We thank you that you are helping us to not only be the mission, but to live out the mission around us. Lord, as we continue in Catalyst, help us to begin to figure out who you called us to be, what you want us to do, how we can live out the mission. In Jesus' name, amen.